Did you have to deal with a parent that was narcissistic? Maybe you grew up in a toxic environment, in a narcissistic environment. Today, I want to dive into 12 signs and also effects, six and six, of dealing with a narcissistic mom. It might be someone that you recognize or that you identify with or that you've experienced. Well, we're going to dive into that today. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. We do it on all the different platforms out there. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, to be able to try to help people understand that narcissistic abuse is real. So many times people think that narcissistic abuse and, and narcissism is just someone snapping selfies of themselves when in reality, it's much more in depth than that. There's a lot more different nuances than what we actually put out there. And so as a result, we try to be able to put out content so that other people know. You can follow us on all the different platforms under Raw Motivations. If you haven't had a chance to be able to check out the NARC app, go to narcapp.com, N-A-R-C-A-P-P, narcapp.com. Stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. It's a community of like-minded people to help you in your healing journey to be able to change from a growth mindset as you continue moving forward in that healing process. Log in with challenges, with courses, with tracking no contact, with journaling, with weekly weekly lives, with monthly coaching calls, a lot of different things that are happening inside that app and more to come as we go into 2023. So we're super excited about that. If you haven't had a chance to be able to look, we do have a journal that we recently came out with called From Fantasy to Reality. It's got over 100 prompts in there. If you're confused, like, where do I start? How do I even start journaling? What do I need to start thinking through? Check this out. It's got over 100 prompts in it to help you actually go through some of those questions and some of the situation that you might be believing a fantasy instead of what's actually true. If you want to talk sometime, maybe work together one-on-one to try to help with the trauma bond, rewiring the story, the thought that's actually going through your mind that's pulling you back to that person, you can reach out at rawmotivation.com, click on one-on-ones, would love to interact with you there. Well, as we dive in today, we're going to talk about the aspects of different signs and effects of a narcissistic mom. And I'll have a link down below as well of one of the articles that we took some of this information from. When we're talking about narcissism, we normally talk about narcissists typically as being just guys. You know, a lot of men that are narcissists and even from statistics, they've been able to say like, hey, there's more men that are typically narcissists and less women that are narcissists. But the hard thing is a lot of men came from narcissistic families. A lot of men came from narcissistic moms. And so we're going to go through a couple things that have been identified to try to be able to help you just get an idea of what might be going on. This isn't criteria. We're not going through. We're not diagnosing. We're trying to give you ideas and characteristics of like, hey, if you dealt with this, then this might be something to look into. Hopefully give you a little bit of an idea. When we're talking about that, we are talking about narcissistic people in general, but specifically moms, the spotlight gets on them of like, hey, what's actually like going on? Sometimes you'll see a very overt and abusive nature. Sometimes you'll see a very covert and the passive aggressive, giving gifts, like trying to make sure that they get the praise by the things they do in a covert way. Sometimes you have communal narcissists, closet narcissists, different things like that, that shift the frame a little bit to be like, hey, they're still a narcissist, but how they're accessing the same ego and entitlement is a little bit different. So some of these are going to look different than what people are used to. Okay. All right. So diving in, what are some of the signs? So we've got six different signs I want to be able to highlight. Number one is treating kids as an extension of herself. A lot of times you'll see this with sports, with different journeys, with different things that they want the kids to do because either something they didn't get to do or something they want to do of, of seeing like this is something that you're doing, like viewing the other person as being like, this is me. 
Like what you're doing is about me. Again, sounds very narcissistic because the whole idea of a narcissist is the idea of like what you do is in a direct correlation to me. It's all about me. And so in that regards, the mom is like, hey, whatever the kid is doing, it's still all about me. You know, I, I taught them all of that. I worked myself to the bone to get them through this. You know, I, I taught them this. It's my knowledge. It's my, you know, sheer ability. It's all these different things. A lot of times it's trying to steal credit from the kids. Okay. Number two is pitting the kids against each other. Sometimes you'll see this with having a golden child, with having a scapegoat, with having a favored child versus another child. And this whole thing keeps them in a power dynamic and a power struggle of like, hey, you need to work for my attention. You need to work to be able to get my praise, my validation. So it keeps them all like subservient and her still above them all. Number three would be to outshine her kids. A lot of times you'll see this with narcissists, but with narcissistic moms, it's a little bit worse because it's the idea of like, I want to look better than you. You have a happy, successful family. I have a better looking family. You have this. I have this. I want to destroy you because you look better than me. You're doing something that seems better than me. And they want to outshine their kids and sometimes do it to the detriment of that relationship. Number four is gaslighting to believe something that different happened. We see this a lot of times just in general when we're talking about narcissists, but the same thing with narcissistic moms, a trait that they have on there, one of the characteristics is like, hey, if you're around someone who's actually gaslighting you to believe something that didn't happen, something might be going on there. Whether that's gaslighting you into believing you didn't see something, maybe you saw them cheating, maybe you saw them you know, stealing, maybe you saw them doing something that they didn't want you to believe or they didn't want to get told on, so they gaslit you to make you believe a different reality happened. There's people that have been out of the home for 30, 40, 50 years and are looking back and are like, wait a second, like this actually wasn't real. They made me believe a different reality. Number five is helping when hurt. And going into more detail would be the idea of making sure that people know that they can only get the mom's validation or the mom's praise or the mom's attention when there's an issue or when they're hurt. The idea is like, stay weak, stay hurt, stay ill in order to be able to get attention. If, if there's not something that's threatening in that regard, then you're not going to get attention. You're not going to get that affection. You're not going to get that, that idea from the other person because you don't matter. And so oftentimes training the kids through that, through that power dynamic of like, hey, when you show up this way, I'll actually give you attention. When you don't show up that way, then I'm not going to worry about you. And the hard thing is a lot of times like people in these relationships with the mom that's narcissistic ends up just feeling like damaged goods. And it gets portrayed and shown and, and, and said down to them, giving the idea and the effect that they can't do good enough, they can't work hard enough, they can't show up enough. And as a result, they're unworthy and a lot of times as damaged goods. And a lot of people get damaged in these narcissistic relationships with a parental figure. Well, what's it actually do for the people in that dynamic? What's it actually do for the kids? Well, a huge aspect is a lot of trauma response. And a lot of that trauma response will go all the way into adulthood and then they'll start to figure out like, oh, like this is something. I'm responding this way about something that doesn't even make sense. Why? Oh, it's because it actually goes back to a certain trauma response. So number one, incredibly attuned to others' feelings. Someone who's been in a narcissistic family and gets out or goes through life can start to acknowledge other people's emotions and feelings like really easily. Like, whoa, they're not feeling so great. Something is wrong over here. 
because throughout their life, they had to walk through eggshells, being very careful and conscious around the people around them. You see this happen in not just narcissistic homes, but abusive homes or alcoholic homes or drug addiction homes, like having to gauge how is this person going to walk in the door? How are they going to act? How are they going to respond? What do I need to do to protect myself? It's a trauma response in order to help protect. On one side, they're incredibly attuned a lot of times to other people's feelings, but oftentimes number two is they'll have poor in emotional intelligence. Because throughout their life, growing up with someone who acted and demonstrated that they didn't care about them, they were taught, your feelings don't matter. Dismiss them, put them away. Like, we're not going to deal with your emotions. Like, that's too ridiculous. Like, you're being insecure. All these different things that like, just push down, like, hey, we're not going to discuss those. So as a result, they don't have as much emotional intelligence to try to work through those at times. That can be a big struggle trying to work through that. Sometimes they're dealing with some of the same aspects that have been put on them from the narcissist from projection of blame, of shame, and of guilt. And as a result, they get to the place of saying like, oh, like I'm not allowed to have any empathy for myself. Because I feel guilty because I'm not helping that person. I feel guilty because I'm not engaging with that person's emotions. I feel guilty because I'm not fixing that person's feelings. Number four is oftentimes people have terrible and non-existent boundaries. And you're never giving a chance to have boundaries in the relationship. They were never demonstrated boundaries. So as a result, they don't have any idea of what boundaries are or what they should actually be. Or they don't think that they're allowed to have boundaries. And that produces a lot of confusion of like, how do I actually build a boundary? Number five is uh, try do-overs with mom. So it's the idea of like, if I work harder, if I do this again, if I try again, maybe it'll be different. Maybe this will happen. And you see this trauma response happen where they keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over again and wondering why they're not getting different results. Because they're still hoping and thinking, well, maybe this time it'll be different. Nominimes number six, an insecure attachment system will form with kids that have been brought up by a narcissistic parent, narcissistic mom. Really quick, we'll wrap it up with these four things to have you understand that if you're one that resonates with this and you've been dealing with this or grown up in this, you need to first off understand, hey, you have to stop blaming yourself. Oftentimes people will be blaming themselves for the actions the other person did or the feelings that the other person projected onto them. You have to realize the other person's intentions. Number two, you have to re recognize the other person's intentions and act accordingly. Like, hey, their intentions are not healthy, so I need to be able to change something. Number three, oftentimes minimize contact so that you're not e exposed to that trauma and that abuse every single time. And number four is focus on you. Change that dynamic. Change the script of what you're believing, what you're seeing, the story you're telling yourself, and focus on your healing, your growth, and your change.